today we're going to do a little bit different than what Pastor Steve typically does with our text. Pastor Steve is genius at weaving the text into his sermon. I'm going to give you three texts to begin with, and then I'm going to ask you to listen for some of these themes and words as we get into the message in a moment. Our first reading is from the Old Testament. It's from Isaiah. We're going to read chapter 61, verses 10 through 11. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. And our second reading is from Galatians. We're going to read chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. And now we'll turn to our gospel lesson, which is going to come from Luke. We're going to read chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. Glory to you, O Lord. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking 
for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, it's an old story. It's a familiar story. You've probably heard it before. It's the one about the emperor and his new clothes. Now, the emperor was a vain man who loved to dress up and strut about town. He ignored all the emperia duties that he had, and he just paraded around town showing off his great clothes. Well, one day, two scammers show up in town, and they introduce themselves as master weavers who use a special silk thread that creates the most beautiful fabric with gorgeous colors and delicate patterns, and it also has a bit of a magical quality. Because this fabric, this fabric cannot be seen to people who are unfit for office or who are stupid or foolish. To those people, this fabric is invisible. Well, the emperor thinks this is fantastic because, of course, he'll be able to see it. He's not stupid or foolish. But he'll be able to test his people and find out who among them is stupid and foolish. So he gives these weavers a lot of money and sends them off to make him a new wardrobe. There was just a bit of a surprise when they showed up a couple weeks later because the old emperor could not see the clothes they had made for him. But unsure of what to do, he went ahead and he stretched out his arm when they asked him to and they put on a jacket, and then they asked him to stretch out the other arm, and they buttoned him up, and he was starting to get a little bit nervous. So he said to his men that were watching, what do you think of my new clothes? And they all said, oh, they're fantastic. They're gorgeous. You wear them so well. Because, of course, they didn't want to appear stupid or foolish or unfit for office. Well, he got so excited about his new clothes that the emperor decided to take off and strut through town. And off he goes. Well, all of the townspeople, also unwilling to look stupid or foolish, ooh and awe over how fantastic the emperor looks in his new clothes. Until finally a little child said, but he hasn't got anything on. Well, at first, the townspeople shushed him. He's just a little child, right? He's foolish. What does he know? But this little child persisted in speaking truth to power. The emperor is naked, he said. And before long, the word began to spread. The townspeople turned to each other and whispered, the emperor is naked. The emperor has no clothes. And even the emperor, shivering in his nakedness, started to think maybe they were right. But he'd come so far in his own self-deception that he just kept strutting down the street. Well, when we read stories like this, when we hear stories like this, we often want to put ourselves into the story in a role, right? In this story, none of us would want to be the emperor, 
we definitely would want to be the little child, or at least the townspeople. But when we put ourselves in different roles in a story, it can open up new insights. For example, let's take the story of the Good Samaritan. When we read ourselves in that story as the two fellows who pass over to the other side of the road and ignore the injured man in the ditch, then this story can convict us of all the times that we have failed to see those in need around us. And it can make us be more compassionate and moved to help others. When we read it as ourselves, as a Samaritan, we are inspired and encouraged to take greater risk to help one another, to give of our time and our resources. And when we read it as ourself, as the one in the ditch, helpless and dying, and we see Jesus as the one who comes and lifts us up, heals our wounds and takes care of our every need, well, then we are moved to awe and worship that God chose to come and be one of us and walk beside us on this earthly journey. So the way we read a story changes everything. Today, I invite us to think of ourselves as the emperor for just a moment. We are bare and vulnerable and so in need of a savior, someone to speak the truth to us that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. That all our best efforts are but dust. And all our righteousness as filthy rags. And yet, we proceed through life like we've got everything under control, everything's great, that worldly success is what it's all about, and the acquisition of more stuff is going to make us happy. And cherishing all these perishable things like they're going to last forever. And so often we're afraid to speak the truth to each other because none of us want to look foolish. But the reality of Christmas is that a small child did come to speak truth to power, to speak the truth to us in our human condition, to overcome the power of sin and death to set us free, free to be children of God. That's what Christmas is all about. Now, in our gospel lesson today, we find that small child, Jesus, and he's at the temple with his parents, Mary and Joseph. Let's just stop and think for one minute here about all that Mary and Joseph have already been through. First, Joseph had a visit from an angel who told him that the woman he's engaged to be married to is already pregnant. It's not his child. Not to worry, though, because this child is going to save his people from their sin. Then Mary gets a visit from an angel. Mary, a poor, unwed teenage girl, who gets a visit from an angel that says she's going to bear the Son of the Most High, who will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and then they have to travel to Bethlehem while she's still pregnant for a census. And there's no place for them to stay. And they have to have their baby in a manger. 
And then all these strange things start happening, a bright star in the sky, shepherds coming in from the hills, wise men coming from far away. And they're all telling them, your child is, is good news of great joy for all people. And then to top it off, Joseph gets a visit from another angel who says, hey, King Herod is out to kill your child. You need to get out of here. And so they have to flee to Egypt. I mean, their heads must have been spinning at this point. What child is this? And so now we meet them. They're coming to the temple to fulfill their obligations as defined in the law. And we know from the offering that they bring, they are not affluent people. The law, you can read in Leviticus, says that you're to bring a lamb for a burnt offering and a turtle dove for a sin offering. But there's a loophole for families whose budgets won't accommodate a sheep. And it says that you may just bring two turtle doves. So picture this poor little couple bringing all they could bring, which was the two turtle doves, still trying to fulfill the law, to follow the law, and trying to figure out what God is up to in their lives. And they're about to be even more amazed because here at the temple they meet Simeon. And we're told that Simeon is a righteous man. That means Simeon knows he's naked. Simeon knows he's vulnerable. Simeon's old and he knows that the only thing waiting for him is death. Until until he sees this child. And in this child is the fulfillment of all God's promises. He sees a new beginning. He sees a life beyond this reality. He sees the light that is a revelation to the Gentiles and to the glory of God's people, Israel. And so what does he do? He takes this child into his arms and begins to proclaim the good news that is for all people. Not just the people in this temple, but for all people everywhere. This is the child who will expose the truth about worldly power. Who will conquer sin and death. Who will expose our innermost thoughts. Our darkest sins. And our deepest longings. This is the child who will tell us the truth about ourselves and will set us free to be the children of God. And then there's Anna, this old woman who is wise enough and bold enough to speak the truth. We're told she's been a widow for many years. She was only married for seven years, and then her husband died, and so she's been living as a widow for decades. And yet here, this woman of great age is one who was chosen to first proclaim the good news. In her final years, she finds her fertility and is one of the first voices to birth the church of Christ on earth in her proclamations. So when we look at ourselves as the emperor, as those parading through life naked and vulnerable and so often unaware, 
What happens is we try to cover ourselves up with garments spun from lies. Lies that tell us we aren't good enough. Or lies that tell us we don't need anybody else, we don't need anything else, we got it all figured out. Lies that alienate and injure our brothers and sisters. Lies that keep some people from the table of God's mercy. But then we hear that small child calling from the manger, speaking the truth. We're told, do not be afraid. Jesus is the one. Jesus is the Savior who was born to set his people free. Jesus is the good news of great joy for all people. And we are no longer naked, for he clothes us with garments of salvation and robes of righteousness. So Simeon and Anna remind us of this. They remind us that Christmas isn't just one day, but Christmas is our life. It is this small child proclaiming the truth so that we may proclaim the truth. Now we can be like the townspeople. We turn to our neighbor one after the other and proclaim the good news. The truth has been revealed. The powers of this world have been exposed, laid bare, and dethroned. There is good news for all people. Jesus is come. The Messiah has come. And Christmas isn't over. Christmas is just beginning. Joy to the world. Amen.